please. And last week, if you were here, uh, we looked at Peter's great idea um, as he approached Jesus. It's as if he said to Jesus, I got a better idea than you. Don't die for my sins. Uh, Peter tried to stand in the way as Jesus was walking towards the cross. And uh, Jesus said these chilling words to him, Get behind me, Satan. And we realized last week and were challenged that, um, that our plans may not be the Lord's plans, that we may think that we have the will of God, that we know what is best, and we might be totally wrong. And so we're looking not to follow our own plan, but to follow in the plan of Jesus uh, and follow in the will of the Father, not with our own will. And today, it's as if Jesus now, he's speaking to Peter and having this exchange, and he turns to the rest of the disciples and whoever else was there, and he shares with them what it is to follow after him. And really, he brings us to the fork in the road. And this fork comes up over and over again, and it's the difference between you doing what you want and Jesus having his way with you. Um, and that's what we're going to look at today. If you'd stand in honor of God's word, I'd like to read to you, starting at verse 24, going to the end of the chapter. This is what God's word says. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or, or what shall a man give in return for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels and glory, the glory of his Father, and he will repay each person according to what he has done. Truly I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. God, I ask the, bless, the blessing of your word to come on us, that we would understand it, that it would change us, that you would do your work in us now. God, thank you for this church, uh, for all that you have done. We ask that you would use this morning to change us into who you want us to be. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. As we look to God's word, I realize that most of us here this morning uh, make decisions like this. That, that when we come up to that fork in the ro road, most of us just ask the question, what do I want? What, what do I want to do? What do I want to have? What, what am I seeking? And that's really as far as it goes. And we try to play those things out. We say to ourselves, well, you know, I, I do what I want. Uh something sat before us, you say, I'm not eating that. I don't, I don't eat that. I'm not the type of person that eats that. I've never eaten that. Sometimes we see a direction, you say, oh, no, 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 I'm not going there. I don't go those type of places. That's not me. Somebody says, uh, uh, a particular activity says, no, 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 I'm not doing that. that, that that's not me. That's not who I am. And we dismiss things saying that that's 
that's not the path that I'm going to take. God speaks to us this morning and He calls to us and He says, here, I'm, I'm speaking to you. I need you to, I want you to, to follow after me is going this way. Maybe He's saying to you, you need to weed whack. Weed whack. And you say, oh no, that's fool's work. That, that, that's the kind of work that those high schoolers and college students, home, that's, I, I don't do that. That's not my thing. Maybe he's calling to you for silence, for silence. And you say, no, 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 I'm a person who tells it like it is. I, I, I'm one who, who lets people know where they're wrong. And he's calling for you to be silent. Maybe uh, you're around in your family situation or even here at church and you realize there's babies who need to be changed. And you said, no, 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 I, I don't do diapers. I don't do diaper. I remember a fateful afternoon uh, when I was growing up. I was in high school at the time. And the youth pastor uh, at that time, I don't know how this happened, but his little kid was over at our house. And it wasn't supposed to be for a long period of time, maybe 45 minutes. His kid was over there. He's one or so. And we were watching TV. My dad was taking his nap. I was taking my nap. It was, it was a simple deal, right? And then all of a sudden, we smelled the thing. And I looked at my dad, and my dad looked at me, and I said, uh-uh, not my deal. And my dad's like, oh, that makes me gag. And I said, well, then you're going to gag because I'm not going to do this. <laughs> Maybe you say that in your mind. You say, I don't do that. I, that that's not me. Maybe for you, it's uh, you, you look at a walkway or a thing at your house, and you says, oh, that needs to be swept. And you say, I'm not a sweeper. I've grown past that. That's not my job. Maybe around here you look and you hear what's going on on the twos and threes and you go, I'm not a twos and threes guy. Maybe you, you see someone hurting and you know that you feel like God's calling you to go sit with them and you say, but Lord, I'm not, that, that's not my deal. I don't sit with people that are hurting. Maybe you see someone going off the path and they need to be counseled and brought around and they need to be reminded of God's word. They need to be shoved and pushed toward the right fork in the road that is the Lord's. And you say, oh, I'm not fit to counsel. Maybe it's for you that you, you feel like the Lord wants you to call someone on the phone and encourage them and you say, oh, I just don't have time. It doesn't fit into my schedule. This is how most of us live our lives. Doing what we want and not doing things because we say, that's just not me. This morning, we follow the interaction with Peter. Now Jesus turns to his disciples and he says, let me explain to you what it is to follow after me. We pick it up in verse 24, and this section could be titled, To Be My Disciple. Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. He already refers to them, and they are being referred to as disciples. And that word disciple is interesting because it means like learner or follower. It's, it's the idea that they are a pupil of Jesus, that they are in, 
in lessons from the master. And uh, we struggle with that because most of education is not done that way. In fact, now you can learn online. You can just stare at a screen and that somehow is going to teach you. And it, it's not that that information can't teach you anything and it can't instruct you. But what Jesus did, what he did in his discipling or in his teaching, is he walked with them. He allowed them to see conversations that he had with people. And he had conversations. And he taught them. And then he retaught them. And he, he had one-on-one and the small group and the large group. And they saw how he lived. And in this, they were being his disciples. They were learning from him. And so as Jesus even referred to them as disciples, he was teaching them what it meant to be a disciple. (laughs) And Jesus instructs them in this passage, and he says this. He says, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Before we get any further, I want you to get this. In verse 24, he says, anyone, if you look down a few, uh, just one verse, and he says, for whoever. And and the picture here is not the super spiritual. This is not for the elite forces. This is not a pastor passage. He's talking to everyone, to anyone, whomever would come after me. He's saying, this is what it's going to look like. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter your education. It doesn't matter if you consider yourself a deep person or a shallow person. It doesn't matter if you're a farmer or an accountant. This is what it means to follow after me for everyone. He gives us a a picture and he says this, if anyone would come after me, if anyone would be chasing after me, would be wanting to be with me, he says this, Let him deny himself and take up his cross. Let him deny himself and take up his cross. These two simple points here. He's calling on us this morning to reject our nature. To reject our nature. You see, uh, to seek for self, that is way we're born to seek self it's interesting i've seen parents in the last years uh seek to teach so so their kids can communicate even earlier than uh with words sign language but i want to i want to warn you about this especially you know uh for those of you who have really small children you're pregnant here i'm not pointing anybody out one over here one over here there might be others um but but you don't necessarily want a, your kids to communicate too early because you'll see their selfish heart earlier then. And you teach them sign language, they can selfishly communicate with you in sign language. If you could even do it in the womb, they could communicate with you in the womb their selfishness, okay? Give it to me now! You, 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 when they finally get to use words, you know what they say, right? No and mine, no and mine. That's not like that's not music to our ears as parents, you know. That's not something cute. It's kind of cute in in little ones, kind of, kind of cute. It's really ugly when you're fifties, sixties, seventies, you know, when you're saying no, mine, 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 no. 
This is part of our nature. This is part of who we are. This is the world. And, and the reason it seems so okay in our world is because that's the way the world is run. It, it doesn't seem that wrong because we say to ourselves, hey, I'm supposed to take care of myself. And if I don't take care of myself, who will? If I don't let people know what I want, when I want it, and in what flavor... They won't know. This is just about living in this world, taking care of yourself, getting what you need. Jesus, uh, he said, deny yourself. Deny yourself. Push that away. This idea that this is the way we make decisions, it's just what I want. He says, push that away. Don't Say no to that over and over again. And, and the, the idea of denying and doing, the idea of saying it over and over again, why? Because over and over again, it comes up. How many times will you have to deny yourself in a day if you live this way? I don't know. It's a lot, though. <laughs> just put a lot, you know. That's how many times you'd have to do it in a day if you were to deny yourself. Because it's our first thought. What do I want to do? What do I want to eat? What do I want to be about? What's best for me? And Jesus says, if you want to come after me, if you want to follow after me, guess what? Deny yourself. You can't have your selfish will and continue to follow me. It it will butt heads. It will point you in two different directions. Deny yourself. And then if to define it further, he says this. He says, deny self, take up his cross. Take up his cross. It's interesting if you think in terms of, sometimes it's hard for us to get the Bible where it is, but who's saying this? Jesus is saying this. When we hear cross, we're like, yeah, Jesus went to the cross. But they, when they heard cross, they just thought of dying and being persecuted and going to the point of death. That's all they heard. They didn't think Jesus. You know why? Because he hadn't died yet. And yet it's as if he's saying this over and over again. I want you to back up a little bit in chapter 16 and look at verse 21. It says, from that time, we looked at this last week, from that time Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed. Jesus is bringing this up over and over again. And the people are going, wait a minute, huh? what's going on here? We, we, we wanted a better life. We want life. We're not looking forward to death. And Jesus says, you've got to reject your nature. Self-preservation is part of our nature. We'll do anything to preserve our life. And Jesus says two things. He says, deny yourself. Deny yourself. Take up your cross. It's not just that, though. It's not just that. He doesn't just leave us there in this uh, sacrificial even sacrificed to the point of death state, but he replaces it with something else. He says, that may be your life of selfishness and self-preservation, but leave that behind and do something else. I want to give you a new life. I want to give you a new way. And it says, follow me. Follow me. 
This is what Jesus is calling to you. And you've got to ask yourself the question this morning. That much of this this morning is an act of will. Do you want to follow Jesus? Do you want to follow Jesus? Is it his path you want to be on? Um, you know, uh, have you ever followed someone in the car? I mean, someone you knew. Don't get creepy on me or anything like that. And yeah, I'm just going to follow that person. You know. But uh, you, you ever followed someone in a car? You say, I, you know, I'm following. This is my daddy's taking me someplace. We're going someplace. And I'm just, he says, you just follow me. There's something freeing about that, you know. You, you don't have to look at the map. You don't have to. And, and you just kind of connect yourself to their bumper. And you say, hey, I'm going with him. I don't need to know where we're going. I don't know how long. I don't need to know how long. I don't need to know what freeway. We're, there's something great about that. I, I'm I'm still one of those people that don't really like being in cities. I, you know, I we took a trip last summer and we were in New York and Boston and Washington D.C. and man, I break out in a rash when I'm having to drive through places like that. I don't know where I'm supposed to be, and that, that lady on the iPad is telling me to go places, and I don't, and then she says, redirecting, off course, you know, and I, oh, just all that stuff makes me, make me crazy, but the idea of following someone, you're just hooking in, and you're just going, I'm just going where the red car's going. I'm just following along. I want to tell you, it's great to follow you trust the one you're following. It's great. And if you know the one you're following for your best interest and he's got a good place and a destination and you know that he is good and you know that he is powerful, this is a good one to follow. And Jesus presents this and he says to his disciples, hey, if you want to follow me, if you want to come after me, this is the, what it looks like. You got to push off yourself you got to quit worrying about your own self-preservation and just follow me. You'll be fine if you follow me. This is what it is. In verse 25, Jesus explains discipleship even more. And in verse 25, he says this, For whoever, see that word again, For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. It is difficult. That's, that's a difficult uh, verse because it, it contradicts our own thinking and our own nature and our own world that we live in, our culture today. And, and it's the bowling and golf thing. You know, it's important to know which one you're doing. I know some of you have gone out golfing with someone who knows what they're doing and get to the end of the time and... and he says, so what'd you get? You look down at your card, and he says, well, I got 48. What'd you get? And you look down at yours, and you say, I got an 89. And, uh, and you think to yourself, man, I beat you. I'm higher. I, I got a better score than you. And he says, no, 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 we're not bowling, okay? Bowling's the one with the higher score of wins. Golf is the lower score wins. And so as we live in our culture today, it's hard because we get this picture that says, go after life. You're going to do it. And Jesus turns it all upside down in this passage. And he says, for you to go and seek after life on your own for grabbing for it, guess what's going to happen to you? Read it again. For whoever would save his life will lose it. 
The idea of you going about grabbing it and trying to manipulate life so that you can save it for yourself, Jesus says you will end up empty-handed. Empty-handed. I'm going to try to do all this so that I can get what I want and I can have the life that I want and I'm just going to manipulate everything so I can get it. And Jesus says this, you doing that, you'll end up empty-handed. You will lose it. We're seeking for life, the fulfillment. And he says, in your seeking, if you do it this way, guess what? You will lose it all. You will come up empty. Jesus says this, though, uh, and, and the opposite is true. He, he says, if you seek for it for yourself, you'll lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Very important to catch that, for my sake. This is not you selfishly trying to manipulate Jesus. It's the idea of you coming to him and saying, I'm a follower. I'm all in. I, 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 I take my life. It's not much, but I will lose the life that I could do for myself so that I could follow you for your sake. I will follow you. And it says in that, you will find it, find it. Our world is um, just a place of selfish striving. You know, we're, we're just grabbing at things. We're trying to make it happen. We're, we're trying this, and then we, that doesn't work. We try this, and we're just on this merry-go-round of ideas of what might work and might not work, and it's all a bunch of emptiness. And Jesus says, follow me. Follow me. I've got a better way for you. He presents, in, in this passage, he's presenting his kingdom and him as king, and he says, I, I got a better idea than what you're doing right here. And it's not just a little bit better. It's far better. And so I call you to myself. He uh, brings before them, he, he turns these scales upside down, and he really, uh, he, he brings it home in that next verse, and he, he presents to them soul danger, that there's a danger for your soul He says in verse 26, For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? You look at that and you go, well, that doesn't make sense because no one can gain the whole world. Where would you put it? How do you gain the whole world? Nobody can do that. And you say, yeah, that's true. What he's saying there is even if you could, None of us are even close to gaining the whole world. But we're in this pursuit of, of position and, and pride and, and stuff and say, I'm going to go grab at this. And once I get to this, it's going to somehow be living. And Jesus says, no. For what will be the profit in gaining all this if you lose your soul? And he puts side by side the whole world, everything that the world has to offer and the soul of man. And he says, it's a ripoff if you can get it all for your own soul, your, your, your singular soul. This morning, that's important for us to remember. Because if we're selfishly striving after things this morning, we're not even talking about the whole world. We're talking something far less than the whole world. And if the whole world is less valuable than my own soul, then less than the whole world is far less than my own soul. And so he, he 
poses this before his disciples and he says, don't get ripped off here. Don't, don't, it's a big rip off what the world has to offer for you. He says, don't, don't get confused. Your soul is of more value than the whole world. And he even goes one step further with his second question, bringing before him the temporary and the eternal. And he says this, or what shall a man give in return for his soul? Some of us think this idea that, hey, we can trade out and we can have idolatry and we can have it all. And he's saying, no, you can't. If you seek after this, you can't have this. If this is what your life is about, there's a missing of what God has for you in your own soul. There's a danger. This is a warning for us here. And it's great for us to be warned about this this morning. Tehachapi, the land of four seasons. It's beautiful up here. It's a great place to live. Bear Valley Springs. Where are those springs, by the way, anyways? They kind of dry up after a while, don't they? I want to tell you, this this is a great warning for us. Having it all and it's slipping through our hands and and coming up empty-handed, that's what happens around here if we don't have Jesus. If our first priority is in our own soul and where we are with Him. Jesus brings in verse 27 um, the why, the why, and really what the future holds and, and this being a reason that we should follow after Christ. And he says this in verse 27. He says, For the Son of Man is going to come with His angels in the glory of His Father, and then He will repay each person according to what He has done. If you seek to understand what decisions need to be made today, you, you can see it in terms of the Lord's return, that, that He is coming back, that He's the one that's going to come, and not just come in a sense of uh, He's coming back to see what's going on, but it says that He will repay. And this isn't so much a, a passage of fear, of judgment, but rather missing out. You've had these experiences in your life before that you wish you would have done something here because now it makes sense here. And Jesus lets us in on it. And he says, what this life is all about, the stuff that everyone else is going after, everything in the world, that's passing away. But Jesus is going to return and he's going to repay. And you're going to want to be understanding what you should do today in light of that day coming. And I want to tell you, you want to ask yourself the question, does this matter, what I'm doing today? What I'm worrying about? What I'm chasing after? Does it matter in terms of what God's agenda is, what He's doing here on this earth? He's coming back. And then Jesus turns to his disciples there and he says in verse 28, Truly I say to you that some of you standing here will not taste death until you see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. And I'll just say this, believe that to be the transfiguration. We'll talk about that in the weeks to come. But know this, that Jesus was sharing this message with them that they might be encouraged to follow after Christ. 
that, it, that his kingdom is where it's at, that, that he, following and step and doing what Jesus wants you to do, that's for today for you. And you say, you sure it's for me? Yeah. If you're in high school here this morning, it's for you. If you're in college, if you're in 20s and 30s and even in your 40s, even in your 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s and, and 90s. And if you'd live to be 199, this would be what we are to be doing is to following in step with Christ. For his agenda to be our agenda because we're following him. I have three thoughts for you about his kingdom as we close this morning. And they're simple. The first one is this. Uh, you, you don't get to be in charge. You don't get, some of you think you're great leaders. Uh, I, I just want to tell you, in his kingdom, you don't get to be in charge. You get to follow. You get to follow. And if Jesus is leading you, you can follow with confidence, knowing you're going in the right direction. You don't get to be in charge. Secondly, I just want to say this. This is not a, a place to drift to, okay? No one ever drifts into being a disciple of Christ. It, there's a decision that says, I am a follower of Christ. And, and you say that to yourself. You say that to others. During the day, you say, hey, oh, um, what am I doing? Oh, I'm following Christ. And so you ask the question, well, what does a follower of Christ do in this situation? What would Christ have me do? Because I'm his follower. And someone would say, well, you want to do this? No, I'm a follower of Christ. I kind of want to do that, but I realized that that would be my own decision, and I've come up with a lot of bad ideas. I haven't, it hasn't played out well for me. I am a follower of Christ. That always will play out well for me, and that's why I follow him. We don't drift into that place. It's an act of our will that we would follow after him. And the third point this morning, um, forgive me for singling a group out here this morning, but I just want to say this. It starts with dad. It starts with dad. In your home, it starts with dad. Um, I think often uh, as men, as fathers, we want to be the leader of our home. And we say, this is my home. I'm the leader. God's placed me here. I get what I want. It's not true. It's not true. We were good for a while until I said, I get what I want. And unfortunately, as men, uh, we tend to be the most selfish in our homes. We, we're asking the question, well, how do I want it to be? We're seeking to, to set up our home so it'll somehow work for us. And everyone else is supposed to dance around us because we're the man of the house. I want to tell you, men, if you are the leader of your home, you lead by selflessly pursuing and following after Christ. That this is what the Lord has for you. You can ask yourself in the midst of your day, who's the man of the home? And you say, I am. And so if I'm the man of the home, I lead by selflessly following Christ. And you know what will happen is your wife will go, well, your wife, after she gets done with her heart attack, that you have selflessly done these things, she'll go, hey, wait, what a reminder. That's what I'm supposed to be doing too. And guess what? Your kids will grow up and they'll say, oh, this is what my dad did. 
I want to do my own thing, but my dad didn't do his own thing. And they'll follow him behind. And why is this good? Because Jesus said, whoever will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Jesus laid the course out before us, and it's for us to respond to him by saying, yes, I'll be there. Please join with me in prayer. Father God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the blessing of this time. I ask that you would raise up a church that wants to follow you. God, we all have opinions. We all have desires, um, most of them driven by self. And Lord, I ask that you would help us to identify those and push those away. May we be content to just follow after you. We thank you for your will. We thank you for your plan, your, your sacrifice of your son. It's in his name we pray. Thank you all for being here today. You are dismissed.